0: So, question for you. How easy is it for your customers to buy from you? What are the barriers that you're putting in the way? Well, that's what we're going to be looking at in today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 190 of the Better Presentations, More Sales podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Lee. Thanks very much for listening. And uh, thanks very much if you share this podcast or if you leave a review or you comment on it on LinkedIn or something like that. So the big question today, how easy is it to buy from you? Well, I've got six top tips, which I think will be really useful to you, whatever size your business is, in terms of helping customers to buy from you. Things that you're probably thinking, oh, yeah, I know about that. I just never did it. Or things that, well, I used to do that, but I don't do it anymore. And some of the things will be obvious because very often we think it's very easy to buy from us. Our customers don't. And here's an interesting stat for you to ponder over. It is reckoned that 70% of business-to-business buying decisions are made before there's any contact made directly with your organisation. So if you mess it up when people do contact you, then all that hard work the customers put in goes quickly to waste. And sometimes you don't even know they got that far. So I'm going to share with you six top tips which you can implement and it will make it easier for your customers to buy from you. Now, just before I do that, a quick reminder that we're coming up to 2022. So if you want me to help your team grow their sales, if you want them to be re-energized, re-inspired, coming away with new ideas, got some great programs for 2022. They're all delivered on Zoom and I'm not going to be sat there for a half a day or a full day working with your team. So the program I've developed is spread over three stroke four sessions and we'll be doing 90 minute sessions, 75 minute sessions, 60 minute sessions. They'll all be fast pokers, very interactive. And then when I come back and see them in a week or two weeks time, they will pick up the momentum again. Because if you're going to invest in sales coaching or sales training, it needs to be that you create momentum. It's very easy to get somebody in and everybody loves it and they think it's great. And then a week later, it's all forgotten. So that's why i have now doing my sessions in short sessions, effectively, over a period of time. So you don't lose momentum. So by the time we've done session four, everybody's really on board. They've taken on board what they're doing and they have made that change. So it really, really does work. So I'm getting some great feedback on that from the people I'm working with at the moment. So if you'd like me to do that with you, then the best thing to do is go on the website and book a 15 minute Zoom call with me, uh, no obligation to you, but I think it's really important that if you're going to work with someone like me, then you need to feel that you're I'm the right person for your team. So over 15, 20 minutes where you can tell me what your problems are, what you need solving, and then you can get a real feel for me and my style, okay, if you haven't already got it from this podcast, because it's important because if I, you know, if you don't think I gel with your team, don't hire me, all right, that's the thing. But if you think I could inspire your team and energise your team because of my delivery style then let's have a conversation, let's make it work. Right, enough of that, let's go and find out about the six top tips to make it easier to buy from you. So tip number one is about finding you. Just getting to know that you exist and what you offer is a really important step in making it easy for people to buy from you because if they don't know who you are, they don't know anything about you, they are not going to buy from you. So, think about how proactive you are in making that happen, either as a company or individuals within your company. So, as we mentioned in last week's episode, you know, what are you doing to get yourself promoted to share your expertise? Get on LinkedIn, post a few articles, do a few posts, do a few comments, share a few things. And if you share them, comment on them as well. Go networking. Just raise your profile and then people will find you. You don't have to spend tons and tons of money on on expensive marketing. But if you do spend money on marketing, make sure your message is consistent and that it makes people easy it makes it easy for them to find you and understand what it is that you offer and that's tip number 2 is your offering and understanding it because you know if i go to your website and and i've worked you know you've worked hard to get me to your website or whatever when i get there will i really understand immediately what you're about and why i should be interested in talking to you about spending money with you or do I have to find my way around your website? Do I have to interpret interpret your language? Do I have to work out what it is that I can benefit from? Okay, I think sometimes on our websites it's too complicated, isn't it? It's all lovely and nice and all flashy and, and designy and all that stuff, but does it really tell me what it is you do and particularly what you're going to do for me? How are you going to solve my problems and all that sort of stuff? So, if I can't understand your offer, I am not going to buy from you. I'm going to go to the next website on my list and if I can understand their offer a bit better, I'm probably going to go with them and that's it. You are that close to me being a customer. So, check your website. Is it easy to understand your offer? And then, what about your pricing structure? Are you telling me what your prices are because that's the one thing I want to know as well, isn't it? Come on, let's face it. There's only two things I really need to know from you. I want to know, number one, how are you going to help me solve my problems and what are the benefits to me of hiring you on that basis? And number two, what's my investment going to be? So make sure I think that you put your price levels on there. There are three reasons apparently why people don't put prices on their website. Number one is because they think it'll turn customers off. Well, if that's the case, then what's the point? You know, why not? Because, you know, you don't want to go through a half-hour conversation, you know, a Zoom call and a meeting or whatever it is, and then somebody says, oh, well, if uh, if I'd have known how much it was going to be, I wouldn't have bothered to waste your time. So, you know, let's be bold. Let's put our prices on there. And if it puts people off, fine. It might also encourage a lot of other people as well. Number two, apparently, uh, the reason for not showing price is because your prices are too complicated, that's what people say, oh, Trevor, I can't possibly put my price on the website. It's just too complicated. I've got too many, you know, things that go on within the price structure. So you, I think you've got to seriously ask yourself the question, well, if it's too complicated to articulate to your customers, then surely it sounds as though it's too complicated, period. So come on, let's sort it out. Let's simplify things. Oh, and then the third reason, apparently, people don't like putting prices on their website is because your competition will find out how much you're charging. Well, you know, if I if I'm your competition, come on. I can and I really really want to find out how much you're charging. Well, I can, there's loads of ways I can do that, aren't there? You know, I just become a a potential customer. It's dead easy or I get somebody else to become a dead, uh, potential customer. So, you know, think about it. I do think that in the B2B sector in particular, you need nowadays to give an indication of how much I need to invest. Oh, and there's a little top tip for you as well. And I'll mention this in tip number five as well. But when I put prices on my website, I don't use the word price, fee, cost, rate. I just call it investment. So your investment in hiring me to deliver a highly energised, inspiring session for your team is. So, you know, think about that as well. Because if you put the word cost or fee or price or rate, then who owns that? You do. It's it's your rate, it's your price, it's your cost, it's your... Well, it's my cost, but you're putting into my head that it's all about... You know, for me, it's a cost, for you, it's a price. But really, what you should be suggesting to me, it's a legitimate business investment, buying or hiring your product or service. And I'm going to get a return on it. And if you use the word investment, you expect to get a return. If you use the word cost, it's something that you're forced to buy almost, and you're not going to get anything from it. So think about your language on that. Right, number three is how easy is it to ask you? Okay, Because <laughs> so, chances are, I want to know more about your product or service. I've got as far as your website, but I want to know more. I just want confirmation that I'm on the right lines. I need that clarification that what you're offering matches what I need to do. So the question is, how easy is it to ask you? You know, So if I go on your website and you ask me to fill in a contact form, well, oh, come on. Is that a put off or what? Well, it is for me. I wouldn't fill in a contact form. I just hate them. You know, So you say to me, okay, if you're interested in our products or service, now you have to fill in a form. I want your name. I want your full name, by the way. I want your email address. I want your name of your company. I want your phone number. And then I want you to fill in a box telling me all about yourself. And then I want you to press send. Come on, I don't want to do that. I can't articulate it in a contact form. I want you to be available to talk to me on a Zoom call or on a phone call or something like that. So encourage me to do that first and if i really want a contact form then off you know give me that as the final option not the first option because you know you'll have heard in other podcasts me talking about you know email is the last communication tool on the list if you email me it's so much less likely you're going to get my attention than if you phone me or text me or zoom me whatever it might be so you know make it easy for me to 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 do that and you know think about using things like calendly now Calendly has transformed the number of meetings that I've been able to acquire with potential clients. It's a great system. I pay a small subscription fee a year, and it it means that I can have on my website. It's there now. If you wanted to book this 15- or 20-minute no-obligation call with me, you will go to Calendly, and then it will show you my availability for that length of meeting. You can pick your slot whenever you want to meet with me, and then you press go, and that means you're booked in. I get a notification And also you'll get, in this case, a Zoom link by return. And if you need to change it, you can just go back and change it. So none of this faffing around going, well, I'll tell you what, I'll send you three dates and times if anyone suits you. And you go backwards and forwards and you're usually doing it by email, aren't you? And it just never goes anywhere. And then eventually you never get a meeting. So look at something like Calendly. It really does make a difference. You'll get so many more meetings with clients if you use it. So come on, use technology to your advantage. And think also when you you know when people do want to contact you how quick your response time is. So if you know if I contact you and I get through to your voicemail and I leave a message saying, "Hey, it's Trevor here. Really interested in talking to you about you know your product X, Y, and Z. I'm, I really think it could be great for my business." Then I need you to be onto that. I don't want you to come back tomorrow or next week because then I've lost momentum and I may well have talked to somebody else. You know, Nicholas van der Berg came on this podcast probably about a year ago now and said that. 78% of the people who respond first get the business. So you need to respond quickly if I'm if I'm a potential customer and I've made contact with you and I'm interested. And think about also what that voice message is. So if you, you know, if you do go to my voicemail or sorry, if I go to your voicemail, what is your voicemail message? Is it up to date? Is it welcoming? You know, please don't make it sound like, oh, this is the O2 service. This is Alistair, you know, and all, <laughs> okay oh come on we've got to move on from all that nonsense so make it personal and don't have one of those this is the this is the name of our company blah blah blah, blah. this is extension 432 this is Stuart you know oh come on you know we can do so much better So make your voice message friendly, welcoming, and give me the impression you are going to call me back straight away because you're really pleased that I called you. Right, that's tip number three, okay? Now, these are all tips just to make it simply easier for customers to want to buy from you. People want to buy from you, but you're putting up barriers, aren't you? So number four, number four, don't talk too much, all right? Now, when I deliver uh, uh, sales training uh, sessions for people, I usually save this one till last. So I say, right, my final top tip for you. And what I tend to do when I'm doing sales training, I'm not doing technical sales training like how to close a sale and, you know, here's your best opening lines and all that sort of stuff. You know, that's old hat now. We don't want to be dealing with that anymore. It's all about establishing conversations and building relationships and seeking, finding opportunities and all that stuff. But the one thing I say to people is that at a certain point, you have to talk a lot less, starting from the very moment you start the conversation with the customer. And that means you ask good questions. So don't, don't answer questions yourself. It's as though the customer said, oh, Trevor, so would you like to spend 10 minutes telling us all about your business? Oh, great. Yeah. Thanks for asking, Sally. I'll certainly do that. Because that's often how we come across in sales, isn't it? As though someone's asked us that question. And then we just go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And, And, you know, I tell you what, what's happening to the customer? They're fed up of this. They don't, they don't. I mean, let's not forget that 70% of them have probably researched you already. They know all this stuff. That's why they've called you or emailed you or Zoomed you. They're interested. They know about you, what a great business you are. They know about how long you've been. around. They know everything. They know everything they need to know to get to that stage. They now need to know the detail and they need to know whether it's a match and that's when I say about my 15-minute calls with people, I say, you know, you know, you should know all about me when you come on the call. Let's just use the time to see whether we're the right match, yeah? So will I be able to work with your team, etc.? And that's the way you should think about it as well. So ask me some good questions, some really good questions. And don't, you know, again, be prepared with those questions. You know, if you're just working those questions off the hoof, you may miss the best ones. So think about it. If you If you're responding, you know, if we're having a call now and I've already left you a message then you've chances are you've had kind a of chance to do some research, you think, right, here are the three questions I can really ask that, you know, and that will need to deal it down. And if you ask me three really good questions that feel very pertinent to my situation, guess what? I'm gonna be impressed because I think you've done your homework, even though it's only five minutes since I left you that message. So you're on top of this and that's gonna encourage me to want to hire you, isn't it? So when you do ask questions, you know, clarify what what the answers are as well. Because you know you're just being curious. And as Michael Reddington said in episode 172 of this podcast, he said, customers give clues, but they can't give clues if you're talking all the time. So the thing you've got to do is learn to shut up, okay? And that's particularly important when it comes to uh, tip number five, which is around your proposal, because if you're putting your proposal over on Zoom or on the phone, you're talking it through or in person, then there'll come a time when you need to shut up and just let the buyer buy, as i say even if there's a big silence you know and, and a silent you know can feel a long time here's an example of a of a 5 second silence there yeah, that was 5 seconds i looked at the, <laughs> the timer when i was recording this now that seems a long time when you're on the phone or something so you know lee you know make that work for you don't interrupt the buyer's thought process because they may be about to say, Trevor, that's a really good idea. And then if you barge in and say, oh, and by the way, did I tell you about, oh, and maybe I'll just remind you about, and in sales, we're, we're so eager to talk. We've got to stop talking if we want to get better at sales. All right. So that is tip number five when you're dealing with people face to face with your proposal. Now, if you send me a proposal by email, which, you know, you will do, no doubt. Again, I don't want the first 10 pages to be all about you, all right? If you've got a templated proposal that, you know, does all this stuff, get rid of it, okay? Start with that first page. So on that first page, by the time I've got to the bottom of the first page, I know why I should hire you and how much my investment's going to be and what the return's likely in terms of benefits because that's really all I'm interested in. If you send me a 40-page proposal, what am I going to do? I'm just going to flick through it and find the point, the bit where it says, right, Trevor, this is how much your investment's going to be and this is what you're going to get from me. And if that's hidden on page 37, then, you know, chances are I won't bother. So don't go over the same old stuff again, telling me how great you are and how many awards you've won and all that stuff. You've got to stop doing this, <laughs> OK? And it's so important also if you're doing a pitch or a presentation that you don't do that either, Crikey, the number of people I work with on their presentations and pitches, and they say to me, Trevor, this is a really important pitch. We want to win this business. So I say, okay, right, send me the presentation through, and then walk through it. I get the presentation, and I, I have a little bet with myself that the first 10 slides will be all about the company. I open the presentation, and yes, the first 10 slides are all about the company. Hey, this is us, and this is, whoa, oh, look at us, and this is how many awards we've won, and what a great coffee machine we've just invested in, and, oh, look, we've got a ping-pong table at our office. I don't need to know all that nonsense, all right? I'm only interested in what difference it's going to make to me if I hire you or, or buy your product or service. So get that bit right in your presentation or pitch and in your proposal. You're just trying, let's, let's face it, you're just trying to make it as easy as possible for me to say yes. And if you surround it with loads of gumph about yourself, that doesn't help me at all. I'm not interested. I know that already. Now, finally, on the proposal or pitch or presentation bit, tip number five is give me a choice. Now, I've banged on about this in previous episodes, but give me a choice. If you send me a proposal and it says, "Trevor, here's here's the proposal," and there's like one option, then I'm I haven't got a choice. Or or you're basically saying to me, Trevor, take it or leave it. So you you know I might flip a coin or whatever it might whatever I might do. Now, you don't have to come up with three radically different alternatives. They can be very, very similar, but just slightly different. My level of investment might be different. The number of, if I, Okay, let's take an example for me, right? Okay, so if you want to work with me and you say, Trevor, I need a training program for my people, blah, 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 We've had the conversation. You've told me what you want. I'll probably come back to you with three options. And it might be that option one is four sessions, and this is how the sessions work. Option two might be that they're 75-minute sessions and not 90-minute sessions. Maybe a different level of investment. And, session, and the option three might be along the lines of, well, I've put three specialist subjects in there for you. So I'm suggesting based on what you told me we do, we do virtual presenting in session one. We do negotiation skills in session two. And then we just do general sales skills in session three. So simple things like that. So now I've given you a choice as a buyer. So you can look through and say, well, actually, yeah, I think that's the best one for us. And then you'll guess what? You'll say to me, hey, you know, here's the best one. And you know, I learned this. Uh, I learned this when I first started working in sales a long, long time ago. <laughs> uh, that's the opening line to American Pie, isn't it? Um, uh, and I won't say that's my party piece, but it could be, or it used to be. Um, but when I started joining, when, I first, well, when I first worked in advertising sales on the Lincolnshire Echo in uh, nearly forty years ago now. I quickly learned that the easiest way to sell advertising was to take three ideas and plonk them down in front of the customer because that's what we did in those days. Everything was face-to-face. We didn't have – well, we had a phone just about, but we didn't have anything else. And guess what? I was really successful on that basis because I plonk them down and they go, oh, I like that one. Oh, um, well, yeah, that's pretty good as well. Um, I tell you what, um, could you put a bit of, that, bit of that one in that one? Absolutely. Now, if I went in with one idea, take it or leave it, they would say – Okay, I don't really fancy it this week. So we'll give it a miss this week. It was too easy for them to say no. So make it easy for them to say yes. Right, number six. And this is a mindset thing. So you've got to put your customer first. I mean, this is a kind of summary of the previous five tips really, isn't it? But you've got to put your customer first. So it's me as the customer first, not you, the salesperson. This is about me. Our interaction is about me, whether that's me on your website, me sending you an email, me on a Zoom call with you, me in a meeting with you, me on a phone call with you. It's got to be about me, not you. So, you know, think about that. And and the other thing is, think, of, you know, if you go in with a mindset that you're going to help me rather than sell to me, then that will make it easier for me to buy as well. Because guess what? I will pick that up. If I think, you know, I mean, how many times do you get random emails from people and they just want to say, hey, why don't you buy this? You know, and how many times do you do? Well, very rarely, don't you? So imagine if, you know, I turned up at your office and I said, hey, why don't you buy this? You know? <laughs> and, you, you know, you still see salespeople out there using that technique. And, okay, it works from time to time. But generally speaking, you know, it needs to be about me, not you. So it's the mindset thing. So if you go in thinking, right, you're here to help me solve my problems. You're here to provide the solution so I can move my business forward. You're here to give me the benefits of your expertise and advice and the things that come with your product or service. Get all those right. And hey, guess what? I am going to buy from you and none of us even thought we were in a sales situation. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. There we are. There's the six top tips. Let me give you a quick reminder of what they are. So number one was about finding you you know, find you know, you've got to get on the radar, otherwise it's not going to happen. Number two is when you, when people do, when you are on the radar and people come to you, then how easy is it to understand your offer and think about if you're in the B2B sector or any, well, the consumer sector, obviously, think about your pricing and call it, call it investment. Number three, you know, make it easy for people to be able to communicate with you. So use something like Calendly. It will make a Massive difference to the number of meetings you're able to get when, you know, stop all this faffing around, to and fro, and can you do next Thursday and all that nonsense. Number four, when you are in a, you know, client situation and you're talking to someone about your proposal, don't talk too much. Ask questions, listen to the answers, let the customer do the talking. Okay, I mean, I heard somebody recently say it's the 80-20 rule. The customer should be talking 80% of the time. Now try that out because usually with salespeople, it's often the other way around. When you've got a proposal, you know, don't send me all the nonsense about yourself that I already know. Get to the point, okay? Why should I buy from you? What am I going to get from the benefits of doing that? How is it going to solve my problem? Give me some choice and tell me how much my investment's going to be. And do that whether it's a presentation, a picture, a written proposal. And number six, you know, it's all about me, not you. So think customer first, salesperson second. So there we go. I hope that's useful to you. Now, if you do like this content please do share it, that would be fantastic. And don't forget, you know, if you leave me a review, that's really, really great. And I'll try and find those reviews. They seem to crop up in various places, but that would be amazing. And I'll aim to give you a shout out if you do that as well. And if you, uh, you know, pick me up on, you know, know, join up with me on LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn. But one top tip, if you connect with me on LinkedIn, send me a personalized invitation, all right? Don't press the connect with me on LinkedIn, I thought it would be a good idea, whatever the standard wording is, all right? you want to connect with people on LinkedIn, send personalized invitations. It's the way to start a conversation. All right. Now, if you need help going into 2022 with your sales, if you want some really new, interesting, energizing sales sessions, or you've got a big presentation or pitch coming up that you really want to win in early 2022, get in touch and let's fix up that Zoom call at no obligation. We can talk about it and you can suss out whether I'm the right person to work with you and your team. I look forward to that. See you next time. Thanks for listening.